What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, welcome everyone to FMC. I am Jeremy. This is SP3, non-wrestling talk, NBA talk, just a Friday get-together where we can relax, kick our feet up. Let me kick. There we go. Kick there you go. There. Kick those feet over. up. Fall over in this chair. <laughs> uh, You're playing a dangerous buddy. game. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm on uh, vacation. I'm out of my house. That's why the setup is a little bit different in the background. And uh, you might hear my daughter come in and out of the rooms because she knows how to open the doors at this at this place. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a good week. Uh, I've been taking time off from at least half of my 100 podcasts that I do. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad to be here on a Friday with you, sir. Vacation. What is what is what is that? I don't know what that is. It just meant getting out of New York. It is. I, I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't stop writing. I didn't stop doing podcasts. <laughs> I didn't do my late podcast because there's other kids here, so that would have been very inconvenient for them when they're trying to sleep. But all my early podcasts, I've been still on. So <laughs> I was. I was telling you, like, I have not had a day off in like two weeks now. I finally, hopefully, tomorrow, I'll probably still end up doing something because. I just can't help myself a lot of times. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm just so excited to to do no work. And of course, by doing no work, there's still four kids running around. So it's like, you don't really get a break from this stuff. People are like, hey, you're not really working. It's like, yeah, but when you have kids, like you are always working. So it, like, exactly. you get it. Like, you get it. Like, it ain't like you're just like, taking naps and, and relaxing and watching what you want to watch and stuff. It's like, there's still kids running around. You just, you might not be pecking away at a keyboard, but you're still working in some capacity. Yeah. I didn't write or do podcasts on Sunday, but I was traveling with two, two year olds and my, and my wife who was getting like stressed with them <laughs> and getting them situated. Then when we got there. So yeah, I, I totally understand you like, we never have a day off. Like, yeah, it's either, exactly. It's oh. either what what the people see from us in wrestling media, and or it's what we do at home. Yes, yeah. We went to the park last Saturday, and like it's like, oh, that's time away from work. Four kids running around the park. They all want piggyback rides. They all want to race. There's like a little track. They all want to yeah. race and stuff. We still have snow mountains, so we're climbing up on that so like chasing around four kids you're still working ep like she she put her she put her time in with, with the kids she's like nope you're your stepdad you go you go play with them i've, I've put my time in like I've, i did all that stuff you have fun you got more energy like <laughs> i was like oh thanks thanks baby appreciate that she just sits on the sits on the bench chills drinks her water and stuff she's like you have fun with all of that, I, I've done, I've done my duty. I was like, yeah, I mean, understandable. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. See, pile driver says I'm only an uncle, but kids are a handful. They are. They are man. Uh, I, I was, I was an uncle for 30 years of, uh, for pretty much 30 <laughs> years of my, of my life. Cause my oldest nephew uh, was born when I was like four or five. So I've been an uncle pretty much my whole entire life. So I definitely understand where you're, where you're coming from there. It was a lot when I was just an uncle. And then it, it was like, 
you didn't even you weren't even prepared being an uncle for uncle no because uncle uncle you can give him back exactly it's like <laughs> you got him for a little while but then like you may only have him for like a couple hours or something and then they go away and they're when your uncle like they're fun right like they yeah. just want to hang out and have fun and play games and stuff when you are a, a parent whether it's a, a parent or a step parent you're around them all the time and you see the bad stuff and you get into the arguments or the talking back and everything. And then like, you really got to deal with everything. And that's when it becomes like, Oh yeah, this is not just hanging out and and having fun and playing games for an hour or two. This is 24 seven. This is your life of parenting. (laughs) Exactly. Like when you're an uncle, you want to be the cool adult. Yeah. When you're when you're a parent, you can't be the cool adult. You can't, yeah. no matter how much things that the kids like that you like. So they're gonna think you're cool. It doesn't matter. You kind of have to have that line where you kind of are strict to them at the same time. Like I, I'm, I'm like the source of if if my daughter or son, really not my son. My son is just very chill. Like he just wants to. He's like he's like I don't know what my sister is doing, but. Hey, she can run around the house. I'm just gonna sit here with my Thomas the Train, and my parents are not gonna bother me because they're too wrapped up with her BS. But yeah, my daughter will ask me to give her the piggyback rides to pick her. Now she likes me to bring her up in a power bomb position and then flip her oh. back down on her feet. She loves that. Like she'll tell me, <laughs> I put her back on her feet. She'll go again, 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 again. So it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm that. As well as when she's be acting up, I'm the one that has to be like the, the deep voice, like chill out, sit down. <laughs> I, and and then I give her, I, I get been, I have like two phones. I have a international phone, so I keep track of my UK times because uh-huh. yeah, working with Russell. T- that's what it's for. <laughs> we know what two phones means, SP3. We know what two phones means. No, no, Come no. I'm not, I'm not working in street pharmacies. I have friends <laughs> for that. But <laughs> when I say shout out to everybody grinding legally and illegally every every single morning, you fit both of those descriptions. Shout out to shout out to, to Goldie Loke. Goldie Loke, my former roommate. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I know. I know of people at both sides, and that's why I love your your morning tweets of whatever grinding illegally and legally. Yes, my friends, it's it's just become a stupid thing that I do. It, yeah, everybody tweets not everybody, but like people will tweet like rise and grind every morning. Yeah. People just have like the morning tweets of whether it's like motivations or just like positivity or whatever. And I always thought it was so dumb, but then I just tweeted it one day. I was like, I'm just going to do this every single morning. Evie hates it. it. She hates it. She's like, I'm pretty sure you do it just to annoy me at this point. I was like, yeah, got it. And my best friend just texted me. He's like, what is up with this? Why do you do this? And I'm just like, well, it started as like, here's the reference, the the Lupe fiasco reference. Like, this is what it is. He's like, it's so dumb. I love it. And like, I've worked myself into the, into a shoot with it. Cause like he's on, he, uh, he's like six hours ahead. So he's like, I see it. And I'm like halfway through my work day. He's like, I don't want to grind. I want to break. I'm tired of work. Like knock it off. Quit telling me to keep grinding. And he's like, I worked myself into a shoot with this because I hate it. So it's it's to now piss off my my closest friends. And it's also, I, I do think it it's it's not weird, but like, I don't like the, hey, rise and grind kind of stuff. I was like, all right, cool. I get it. But like, I'm exhausted by seven o'clock every morning anyway. Um, but like, you know, there are people out there. Like I, I get responses and the tweet gets likes and stuff like, yeah, keep keep getting after it. Like people enjoy that positivity stuff. And I try to 
uh, be positive and stuff on social media. I have my bad days and whatnot, but eh, you know, it, it might help somebody. It's like, oh, okay. Even if Jeremy is having a rough day or it's very early and then he's out working, like, you know, he's still, he is grinding. He's giving a shout out. He, he sees, he's, he appreciates the hard work and stuff. So it, if it helps one person, you know, it accomplishes something. No, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. And if people get agitated, whatever, just honestly, just mute the, the entire phrase and you'll never see it pop up on your timeline because it's it's word for word, the same phrase every single day. Just mute the whole phrase if you get sick of it. I love it. I'm not going to mute it. I'm, I'm actually making you one of my like top <laughs> Twitter <laughs> accounts. So I see it every day. It, it motivates me. It motivates me to text my friends who are grinding illegally. Like, I hope, <laughs> hope you keep grinding. Hope you don't get caught. Stay in that building. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you, whether you're grinding legally or illegally, you're out there doing something. And exactly. yeah, like you said, just don't get caught. That's all. Look okay, at God, man. If you're gonna grind illegally, just keep 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 being able to grind illegally and not grind behind bars. And you know, if you're grinding behind bars, then hope it's working out well for you. I've seen uh what was the what was the show? Like 90 days in, 60 days in. You ever seen yeah. that? Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like I, I I watched that one and that show is a trip, but and I and I've seen different shows. I've I've seen a couple episodes of Oz. And I've seen Orange is the yes. New Black. Like, there's there's prison shows and whatnot out there. But it seems like it's a rough life in some of these jails. So I don't envy those people as far as, I mean, look, you, you landed there for a reason. But it seems like I, I can never do it. I just. No. <laughs> and I, I, I was scarred at a young age because I discovered Oz when I was, like, six years old. Oh, no. Oh, man. And, oh, I, no. and I, I actively, like, watched it behind my parents' back. And I was just, like, I was just, like, it was, like, it was part, like, fascinating. Like, okay, this is what goes on in prison. And part, like, I was scaring myself straight to never do anything yeah. that would get me even remotely, like, jail prison i don't want to see any of this by watching oz at six years old so thank you hbo you you helped a young sp3 <laughs> uh stay on the straight and narrow by showing me wh what it was like to be in prison i got through like the first few episodes of oz and it was good it was just one of those things that sort of fell by the wayside for me and maybe i'll, I'll pick it i'll pick it back up but it seems it seems like a great show. People people really enjoy the show, and it seems good. And I like a lot of people in the show, but yeah, it just kind of fell by the wayside. Right? But yeah, dude, don't prison. Look, I'm not built for prison. All right, I'm just not not mentally, not physically, just not built for prison. That's why I'm gonna avoid it. <laughs> I will continue to grind legally, not illegally. That's why I just have my UK phone to keep track of Todd <laughs> and for my daughter to watch Teletubbies and yeah. Maggie show and all the other stuff she loves to watch. If I want the TV, the only way I could do that is giving her the phone and let her watch stuff. So <laughs> I love this. This is why we got to get Will and, and uh, Alex on just a dad yes. round table and everything. <laughs> so have some dad chats. And whatnot as a new as a new step parent like yeah. i can't fully relate to you guys but i'm i'm in that the the one of the kids ep is gonna kill me for telling all these dad stories this is like the the one show she doesn't watch this is the one show she doesn't watch that i do she's like i don't understand anything about basketball she's like i love you i support you but like i don't get anything about basketball i'm not watching this the wrestling stuff she'll she'll check out but <laughs> 
the 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 why why I kids is like Jeremy's just become he's not as fun anymore. When I'm first there, like I'm not like too involved. I'm I'm just trying to hang out and be their friend yeah. and everything. But now I'm getting more involved. Now I'm like doling out punishments and stuff. And he's like, he's not as fun anymore. I was like, oh man, like I've hit that point where I'm not the, hey, I'm your friend just hanging out. I still think I'm fun. But the this one in particular is just like, no, just he's he's too much. He, he's punishing me for things that I do. He's keeping an eye on me and everything. He's a little rebel. He wants to do whatever he wants. He thinks he's always right and everything. So I've hit that point where he realizes I am, I have power and authority and I'm in charge and I'm not just here to play video games and wrestle them and all of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm in it for a, a longer term than that. So yeah, he, he doesn't, I don't think he cares for me as much anymore. <laughs> it's a crucial, it's a crucial point though. Cause I, I would, I had a uh, stepfather as well. And it, it was cool for a while. Like that, that trial period where they're just trying to be your friend, just trying to get you, you know, build that connection with you. And then when they have to like start, you know, punishing, that's what, that's the big, the big point, because yeah. then they're going to, when you start punishing them, I remember myself as a as a kid looking at my stepdad, I started crucially looking at him like, okay, you were telling me what to do, but are you doing what you need to do? And that, <laughs> yeah, that that decided like that my teenage years, you could you could already know it was very difficult between me and my stepdad because of that. Oh, so, man. so yeah. Um, I'm dreading, I'm I'm dreading that stuff. The the other three are like they're cool with me. They they still like I still have fun and stuff with with them. And, okay, the, he's he's like a little rebel and everything. Yeah. He just wants to. He think he he thinks he's always right about everything. Like no matter what, he's just gonna argue about stuff. So it's not even like a me type of thing. But it's just it's just how he's going to be. And I'm just like man, like I will have fun with you. I'm actually on your side. You can get away with way more with me yeah. than you can with your mom. I'll turn on your mom in a heartbeat. I don't care. Bless her. I love her, but like I'll turn on her in a heartbeat. I'm I'm siding with the kids. I want the kids to like me. She she's gonna like yeah. me. She loves me. Like I'm good with her. I want the kids to like me. So I'll be on your side. You gotta help me help you though. Like just don't always be acting like this all the time. And I will help you if you don't if you don't make me be like this. Then we can we can team up. It's okay. Yeah. But you've got to realize this. I gotta have that talk with them. It's like you yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's what I was about to say. Like you gotta have that talk. That yeah. that's the that's the key thing with being like a step parent is that you can have the real talk. Cause like a parent, just a straight up parent, there's always gonna be that wall where the parent wants to like establish that there are certain things they can't be real with you about because they are your parent. But with a step parent there, you can't have that wall because <laughs> there's no way for you to build the connection with the kid unless you just be real with them. Like, no, like, yes, I got to punish you right now. But in a few months when you want to go to that party and your mom's saying no, I'm going to be the one that says yes. See, this is, like, this is my <laughs> whole thing. This is my whole thing. It's like he he wants something and like the EP is like, absolutely not. We're not doing this. But to me, like it pops me that he wants exactly. this and I will just get it because it just pops me. Like he, he wants something, he wants something off a wish and like, you know, the wish story. It's yeah. like you're, you get this thing and it comes and it's mangled and it's all messed up and whatnot. And like he, and even the EP is telling him like, no, like this is what happens. And they, they like looked at different like wish stuff, like see what, see what you actually get. And he's like, 
okay, but what if we just try? And if like I get it and I'm disappointed with it, or if it is mangled, then like whatever. Like it's like 10 bucks or something. And she's like, I'm not spending 10 bucks on this. Me, I'm like, it's a mystery box. Let's spend 10 bucks and let's see if it gets mangled or whatnot. And she knows this is how I think. She knows that it's like, don't know. We're not doing this. We're absolutely not doing it. And I'm looking at him like, hey, let's like, we can do this and stuff. But then he'll like, talk bad to me and, and back talk me and stuff like dude like if you just be if you work with me on this i will help you get these things but if you're gonna not if you're gonna be mean to me and, and talk back and stuff i'm not gonna help you with this stuff like this is what you gotta realize like i'm yeah. actually on your side with this stuff i gotta talk with him and be, tell him like look dude like you we can be on the same team here okay yeah but you've got to come to this conclusion yourself i can tell you this but you got to come to this conclusion yourself he he views you as his mom's tag team partner. Yes, like he he definitely like does. He, he doesn't understand that you're kind of like a bridge now. Like you're the bridge that can help him with certain things that his mom won't understand. You're gonna be the person that is like going in the back end, which he doesn't always gonna hear or see. Is you're the person that be like, why not spend the ten dollars on Wish? Let's see what happens. I'll review the ten dollars. Like you're probably the one like really pushing for this even harder than he pitched it. So yeah. It, yeah, he just has to understand that. Once you have the talk, I think I think he's a smart enough kid. He's gonna get it. He's very smart. He's very intelligent. He's very sweet. He just he wants to be a rebel and he wants to he wants to just cause a little chaos and stuff at times. Oh god, nobody tell the EP about any of any of this stuff. She's like, why are you talking about this stuff on here? This this is the quality content that they come <laughs> for for FMC. They don't know if they are gonna turn on at uh, 8 30 a.m. on a Friday or we're gonna be talking about the NBA. <laughs> they don't know if we're gonna be talking about South Park, Entourage, being a parent. It's just everything but wrestling. <laughs> Everything but wrestling. Uh, let's get into the the NBA before I get killed and I, I no longer have a, a girlfriend after after this show. Um, like, do, do we have to talk about the Lakers? They just lose. Have they won since the All Star break? That's a legitimate question. See, see, but I, I'll give you the example there. <laughs> no, uh, we beat the Warriors. That was that was oh, very Oh yeah, surprising. LeBron had that big game. He had like 56, 56 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He had 56. We beat the Warriors, but no, other than that one, we have not won except for beating the number 2 seed in the West. Like it's it, that's the Lakers for you. We lose to the Rockets, but we can beat the Warriors. Like That was such a bad loss to the Rockets. Too. It was. And the yeah, we we lost to the Spurs before that. It's just like yeah, LeBron was out for that game, so Yeah, I mean, that was under, probably... that was more understandable, but it's just like I don't even want to talk about the Lakers anymore. <laughs> so so here's here's I like the the on-court product is what it is. They're a play-in team, okay? Yeah. Like, we can't – we've exhausted the conversation of where they fit. Yes. I do want to address, like, Westbrook's comments because I, – I don't know if you saw him, but where he was talking about, like, Skip Bayless and Skip Bayless crossing a line and then fans and stuff crossing a line where, you know, his kids are going to school and they're proud to to have the last name Westbrook and stuff. And, you know, fans call him Westbrook. He's been dealing with that his entire – career Career, yeah i know i know westbrook he gets a lot of criticism like way more than any other player and maybe outside of lebron like he gets more criticism than any other player and he got it when he hasn't been good this season he got it in his okc days when like he was good and everything because even though okc was going to like the conference finals and everything like people like oh they would have won a title if it wasn't for westbrook like he held the ramp back type of thing like 
he's always dealt with the, this criticism. And I think a lot of it has been justly because they're, you've seen Westbrook this year. I've seen Westbrook in, in his, his prime. He's, he's way worse this year than he's ever been. Like, yeah. He's always had a lot of these mistakes. He's always had the shooting efficiency issues. He was giving you a lot more offensively uh, to make up for it back in the day compared to, to this season and everything. But he's always dealt with this kind of criticism. I think there have been fans that have crossed the line when it comes to Westbrook, because if you're just going to keep it basketball, I don't think it's a big deal. Every basketball player is going to deal with basketball criticism. Look, man, you're going to get West Brick, okay? Like, it's a play on your name. I, I I understand you value your last name and stuff, but, like, shoot the ball better. I'm sorry, Russ, but, like, you got to shoot the ball. LeBron gets LeChoke and LeBrick all the yeah. time. Like, like, he gets that stuff, too. Like, it, it's just – it comes with the territory of being a basketball player, unfortunately. Like, you're just going to get these credit. James Harden, we're going to talk about him in a second. He's going to get all of these choke comments and all of these yes. out-of-shape comments and stuff. If it comes to basketball and you're playing poorly, you're going to get basketball criticism. Now, if it crosses the line of that and people are coming after your kids, saying things to them, saying things to your wife and, and any other family members, that's obviously way too much. And I know Westbrook has dealt, he dealt with the fans in Utah and everything. Like, he's dealt – with that kind of stuff. And that that's is completely hundred percent over the line. Don't, don't go there with that kind of stuff. But if people are just going to keep it basketball and they're just going to boo, or they're going to heckle when it comes to what they are seeing on court, I, I don't like being like, you just got to suck it up and take it. But it, it, unfortunately it comes with the territory of being in the spotlight of being a, a, a star of being in this sport or any other sport or really form of entertainment. Cause Westbrook, he ain't the only person that deals with this kind of criticism. He gets it a lot more than a lot of other people, but every basketball player deals with it. Every football player deals with it. That plays a game at this high of a level and everything. It's just, it is what it is. It comes with the territory with this stuff any form of celebrity like you're yeah. gonna have a a great deal of scrutiny to you and especially with the nba like i i think the conversation came up this week about toxic fan bases nba twitter is up there as far as like toxic uh fan bases like they automatically <laughs> getting the voter approval <laughs> i told you you're just gonna hear that randomly I, that's fine you, you want to say hi I think that's what she was trying to say. You want to say Aww. hi? All right. Say hi. Say hi. Make an appearance. Say hi to Jeremy. Say hi to the hi. people. Oh, now you're quiet. And now she's shy. Okay. All right. You're trying to turn. You're trying to go to YouTube and watch Teletubbies. <laughs> Or, but not nah, yeah like i said like any form of celebrity you could be an actor an actress uh a football player a wrestler like it doesn't matter you're gonna get some form of scrutiny but with the nba social media they take it to a next level for sure like they i can understand where westbrook is kind of having it sounds like he's having mental health like kind of concerns right now with the yeah. amount of scrutiny that he's getting especially when it's from your home base because like when he was in Oklahoma City I know you guys are you know 
tough on your guys, but you are very supportive. You, it's uh, Oklahoma yeah. City. The Oklahoma City in there and then across the world, Thunder fans are very supportive. No matter what was said about Westbrook being Westbrook, all of that nonsense, OKC and Thunder fans had his back always. Yes. And this is not the case in L.A. L.A. will turn on you quicker than everybody else around the world. That's how it's been for years. This is the same place that, when Kobe and the Lakers were struggling in 2005, where we had Rudy Tomjanovich as the coach, we got we heard some boo birds. And then the next year when Kobe dropped in 81, they loved Kobe again. So they are very fickle in L.A. So you're getting double the amount of scrutiny because you're not getting the support that you previously have. So, of course, he's going to feel like he the world is kind of closing in on him. And especially when the scrutiny goes to his kids and his wife and his family that is just extreme and i i feel for westbrook but at the same time i do understand where you're coming from where he has to understand this is a part of the uh, when he signed a contract to be in the nba he signed up for a lot of this scrutiny unfortunately and that's just the way it is and that's why kd has 141 burner accounts to respond to people <laughs> that's why Le lebron you know has his whole team and has really created this type of fan base that will always fight against anybody who says negativity about him and westbrook doesn't have all these things that these star players but he's getting the same level of scrutiny of a lebron james and kd so it's kind of feeling like everything's closing in on him so i feel for westbrook 100 here i that, that's a good point that like his fans have turned on him now because you're right and okc like he got a lot of attention from the national media and everything because the, the team was good and everyone thought they, they should have won a title and stuff. And other teams were obviously ripping on him and stuff when he would fail and stuff. Thunder fans always supported him. Thunder fans never turned on Westbrook, even in a lot of stuff that was his fault. There was some stuff that wasn't mm -hmm. that he got unfairly criticized for, but there were, there were things that were certainly his fault, but Thunder fans are still like, nah, Westbrook's our guy. Like they would defend him to death. He goes to Houston. He got some criticism in Houston, but then he played well. And then you had the weird bubble stuff and everyone knew yeah. he was injured and everything. And I think that's when people like started to see like Harden forced Chris Paul out. And it was like, well, Harden wanted Westbrook. Like this is sort of Harden's fault that he's here. That's when Houston fans started to sort of turn against Harden. Exactly. And realized that eh, maybe it's not like all on Westbrook. They still had their complaints with Westbrook, but Harden started to, make his own bed there when it came to Houston. He goes to Washington. No one gave a shit about Washington. Washington no. fans don't even care about Washington. <laughs> um, and then, and then he, you know, now he's in LA and there are also no expectations in Washington either. He goes yeah. to LA. The expectations are very high. It is LeBron pulled for him. Uh, you know, they, they had the meeting with Davis and everybody, everybody seemed to be on board. The expectations are high. And like you said, Lakers fans don't give a shit. They're gonna turn if if you if y'all ain't winning titles, like they're gonna boo anybody yeah. out there because that is the expectation when it comes to this. So yeah, now his own fans are turning on him, and he is certainly he's not used to that. And I imagine even if like he's getting it from other people, it's like all right, I still got my close knit people, like the people who I care about, which is my team, my city, my fan base. They care about me. They have my back. Now it's the team, the city, the fan base. They've turned on me because it's not just like fans. Like he's clearly clashing with Vogel. Like yeah. he, like the coach 
He doesn't have the support of the coach right now. I don't know how it is in the locker room. I'm sure maybe they're saying good things and whatnot, but it seems like there's a disconnect with him and some of the players and front office and everything. Like he just seems like a man on an Island out, out in Los Angeles. And he, yeah, he's not used to that. And I'm sure at this point when you have been in some instances, unjustly criticized all throughout your career, it's finally just going to, it's going to all get to you and it's all going to come down on you. And I, I think it sucks because as a, a longtime Westbrook fan and someone who as a basketball player, he has his flaws and stuff, but he gave me years of entertainment and just on a human level, like it, it sucks for anybody to, to go through that. And so I hope whatever it might be, Westbrook can get it right somehow, mainly off the court, like on the court he's going to be, this is who He's going to be, and he played well against Houston and they still lost because LeBron wasn't any good. And this is where yeah. it comes down to like, look, man, what do you want Russ to do? He actually played well. You guys still lost. Like now LeBron, he's got to take the criticism. And so I hope on a human level, he can just come to terms with stuff. And on a human level, I hope that people who are going after like Skip Bayless, fuck him. Like he's going after family and everything. Like if you want to just criticize Westbrook, fine like you don't need to go after his wife and everything you don't need to comment on them uh but yeah if you if you just want to like humans just don't need to go after his kids don't need to go yeah. after his wife if you want to keep it basketball fine westbrook just has to just has to accept and deal with that again on a human level when it comes to everybody turning on him and feeling like he's being weighed down and stuff i hope he could just find peace with some of this stuff because he's always given the attitude of, like i don't give a fuck like yeah i just i don't care what anybody says and that's like who he's who what's made him him for better or worse and now it's clearly just starting to get to him and i hope he can just find peace with, with something however that might be whatever might that that might be because as a basketball player i love him and, and as a human i just I care about him i don't care about any human on a human level so i think it's appropriate that we bring up this topic how bad has Skip Bayless been since he separated from Stephen A. Smith? How bad has both of them been? Like, they were, like, the go-to for any sports analysis in the morning on ESPN when they were together on first take because they both have over-the-top personalities. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, them going against another over-the-top personality balanced things out very well. Like, you knew – Skip was going to go in and hate on LeBron. You knew uh, Stephen A was going to go in and not be able to talk about anything besides basketball, but it worked very well with each other. But ever since they have separated, their grading personalities have come out and shined even more. And it's just like, man, I, I used to like really admire Stephen A. Smith. And I, I, I still can get entertainment out of him and his stick. But the way he treated Max Kellerman a lot on first take just was really like, ah, man, like, how can I root for this guy? How can I support this guy when he's, like, really, like, this is a guy, Max Kellerman, who was successful in so many different fields, like boxing, like, you know, Around the Horn, him, the original host of Around the Horn, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And, you know, he comes on to first take, and you think you're going to get the Max Kellerman, and then every single day, Stephen A's telling him, you don't know anything about basketball. You don't, You shouldn't even be talking about basketball. It's just like, 
oh, like, how is how am, I, how am I supposed to root for you? How am I supposed to support this show? I don't even want to watch it. And then you turn on the other channel, and yes, Shannon Sharp is entertaining as hell, but it's just like Skip gets older, and as he gets older, he gets worse and worse and worse. And like this whole, you know, Westbrook going with LeBron has just caused his vitriol towards LeBron, which has borderline been obsessive and borderline. I feel like I have to call the cops on certain on certain shows of Undisputed with how much he goes in on LeBron and tries to like verbally abuse him and his family talking about his son and stuff and all that nonsense it's just like you're going to extreme and now to hear about this stuff with Westbrook it's just like how how are we how is not, not any like other analysts or people in media talking about how bad these two have gotten since they separated from each other they like they've just they've lost the plot with, with this stuff like they they created this character and i don't even know if it's a character at this point but like they they created this persona and then because they got the money they got and they got the attention they got because of it because like they i mean i know at least Stephen a like he would do like halfway decent work when, when he was just like a philly guy and yeah stuff. And then, you know, he created this over-the-top persona, got a lot of attention for it, and so he's just continued to build that. And then Skip, same same deal. And it's like there just has to be a line when it comes to just yelling criticism and, and the, the personal pot shots uh, you're, you're taking at everybody and then actually analyzing the game. And, and I think, like, Inside the NBA does a great job with this. Yeah. Like they ain't always going to give you the best analysis of all time, but like when they criticize people, it is just like jokes and fun, and you can just like have fun and banter with them. Even the players, like they like doing those shows because they know a lot of it is just like banter and stuff. And then if, if Shaq's going to call somebody, Shaq's had his beef with different people, but if they're going to call somebody out, it's like ah yeah, we can just like poke fun at that stuff. And then kind of just go at each other. There's also respect level because those guys played in the NBA and yeah. Skip and Stephen A did it. And so people are just going to be like, well, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like we have no respect for you because you are just going over the top with this shit. You're taking personal shots and you have nothing to add to the conversation. I can't say that I watch uh, the, these shows. I didn't even when they were together. I see the clips online. Some of it entertains me and it me pops too. me uh so like i'm probably guilty of like feeding into it a little bit because i'm like ah ha ha so you see what Stephen a did like what a what a lunatic uh skip bayless what a lunatic and stuff and like i just ignore it but yeah man, i wish that like just in general this stuff what was better and it wasn't so much just like narrative driven and it was more because there's a lot of good stuff uh when it comes to nba when it comes to you know um uh, advanced stats and everything where you can drive the narrative with stats and actually analyze and make points without just screaming at the top of your lungs and, and throwing shots at, at family members or just making the same like okay LeBron missed this shot like he's a choker he's a choker he's a choker like okay like let's analyze this and like really be real about it and not just hey he missed this shot in a regular season game type of thing like does yeah. this does this really matter type of thing there, there's no objectivity. It seems like, right? With, with, especially with a skip when it comes to LeBron. Like, yeah, he oh, will, no. he will have the times where he says something good about LeBron, but it's immediately followed up by the bad. It's always immediately followed up, and it's just like we don't get any type, like you said, any type of real anal- analyzing of the game 
of the players. They they spend most of their time talking about like the Lakers when it's about basketball, and we're like we're not a good team right now. So it's just like why are we the 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 talking point? Why why can't we talk about is the Warriors going to be healthy enough by the time we get to the playoffs? Is the Phoenix Suns going to be healthy enough by the time we get to the playoffs? The East is just a log jam of teams that are kind of on the same level as each other where we don't know who's going to come out. There's a lot of interesting storylines without trying to abuse and like talk down to people that have nothing to do with the game. Like why is Westbrook's wife and kids being brought into anything? I just don't understand it. And I just want, I want to go back to the days of cold pizza. I want to go back to Woody and Woody and Skip. Cause that was another over the top personality, but it wasn't so much driven on like basketball or football where like not, it's not even about analyzing the game. It's about which player are we going to target? That's what is kind of become now yeah. with these, with these morning shows. And, you know, that's why I like like Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp says ridiculous things, but like you said, he's kind of like inside the NBA on undisputed where he has a respect because he what he did. He was a professional athlete. He says a lot of funny things, but he always keeps it about the game. He goes over the top with his praise of LeBron. And it's a little, it's like, it's like, yeah, you kind of need that counterbalance for how, anti-LeBron Skip Bayless is but even that becomes kind of a caricature and you kind of go away from what Shannon Sharp is really good at which is using his humor to analyze the game whether it be basketball or football I think he's very good at both but you have to kind of go over the top with the praise of LeBron because Skip is always going to bring LeBron up even when it's not even about LeBron. It could be about football and he'll bring up LeBron. Like it's it's kind of ridiculous at this point. And nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. And when they talk about football, you got Shannon being the anti-Tom Brady. So you can't even get a break when it's not about basketball. It's kind of crazy and... I hope that people appreciate FMC because this is where you can get the quality analysis on not only the game but on these and on these analysts that they call themselves. We will we will critique them. How about that? Let's let's talk about let's talk about a game. The Nets and the Sixers last night was a a big game. A lot of hype surrounding it. Can't say it lived up to the hype because it was a blowout. But if you want to talk about narratives and stuff, it certainly lived up to that you you mentioned that the east is a log jam i don't know how to feel about the nets i still don't like until ben simmons is there i don't know what that team overall is going to look like because they're just going to play a different way when ben simmons is there i'll say this fuck kevin durant he's that dude like he is that if he stayed healthy he probably would have won the mvp because i think the nets probably would have been like a top three seed and I might give him the MVP anyway because that team fell off a cliff without him, and now cool. he's back, and like they look like that that team again. And like the the honeymoon fa- phase was always going to end with the Sixers. I didn't think it was going to flame out like quite like this the the way it did. And I'm sure they'll bounce back and everything. Man, Durant is just absolute force, and Kyrie, 
and when he's on the court, which is only for away games, like he is obviously a great basketball player as well. I'm still, they might be an eighth seed. They might be the scariest A seed ever. Ever. If, if you're going to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and then if Ben Simmons integrates the way I think they can integrate him, but like, just having Kevin Durant, that's going to make you a threat. And I would try to avoid that team at all costs if I'm if I'm one of these top seed. Give me Toronto, whatever. I'm, like, try to get the one seed because if they're in the play-in game, they're probably winning those play-in games. I'm I'm probably convinced that the Bulls have been losing as of late because they <laughs> did not want to be in that top. They don't want to be in that top three right now. Like they because the Nets can and the Nets right now are in eighth seed, but they're like two games out of uh of the seven seed they're five they, i think they, the six seed might be out of reach because kind of cleveland is kind of in there with like boston and the bulls kind of in that mix of four through six but man like i don't want to be any of those top two seeds if i'm the i don't want to be two i don't i don't want to yeah. be two because i think the nets are gonna if they get I think, eight i think they're beating toronto yeah they're, they're like, beating toronto for sure yeah. for sure i think they're gonna probably finish at the seven seed and They'll they'll beat whoever who whoever is the AFC. So I don't want to be in the top two. I don't want to be in the top two. I'd rather be the Sixers right now. The Sixers, you know, it was a bad game for them. And Westbrook, I mean, uh, Harden, excuse me, I'm mixing them up. Harden did not. (laughs) Wow, SV3. Harden Harden did not look. uh, Harden did not look good last night. That's for sure. But I did like the game because the the energy just felt like it was the playoffs because these two teams. kind of have an established rivalry now due to this whole trade and just the energy and the 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 chance for ben simmons on the bench it was just a very it was a very fun game to watch at home i uh rod mentions the heat i've been very high on the heat all season like i had them as a sleeper team i've said it I, i think i said it last week like they are underrated even though they're a top two seed right now I really like Miami. I think Miami is probably a very good matchup for for Brooklyn as far as like what they can throw at them and everything. And I'm avoiding facing Kevin Durant in the playoffs. I'm just totally going to avoid that because you think about Ben Simmons. I I don't know how he integrates into into this team. I I said it when the trade happened. Like I like the fit because. In Philadelphia, that team was very flawed, but one of their biggest flaws was like they just never had a creator playmaker off of off of Simmons. He was their best ball handler, but he couldn't create his own shot. And so your crunch time offense is Ben Simmons trying to create something where nobody's worried about him shooting, or Joel Embiid trying to create something. And like post guys just don't always have, have the best. It's tough for them to create in the playoffs. Like it is very much an ISO uh it ISO guard heavy game, especially crunch time yeah. in the playoffs. So like it, that team was just flawed in how they were constructed. Ben Simmons next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, like he doesn't need to have the ball in his hands. And if he does, like he can get to the rim easier because they got the spacing with, with yeah. those guys. So it's, it's very, it's a scary, scary thing with Ben Simmons out there on that team. I, and you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I, Kyrie has his flaws as a basketball player, his flaws as his, his uh, views on things. But yeah, his flaws certainly as a basketball player as well. But, man, that dude is a killer on the court. Like, an absolute, like, he's a yeah. bucket. And I realize that's not great analysis. But, like, he can get to the rim at will. His handle is, like, top three 
in the league. He can get a shot off from anywhere. He's obviously a big time shot maker. And you have Kevin Durant, who I think is the the best offensive player in the league and might at this point be the best player in the league. It's probably it's him or Giannis, I, yeah. I think. But like yeah, those guys, they're they're killers, man. And I do not want to face them. Even Miami, where they can throw different guys at him, like they can. They have Bam, they have PJ, uh, like even Kyle Lowry will will d up hard, and obviously Jimmy Butler. Like they have the defensive weapons to throw at these guys. I still, I don't want to see that team, especially if I'm I, I've worked this hard for a one seed or a two seed. I don't want to see that team in the first round. No, because there's two, I feel like two very confident about two teams be, being able to beat Miami and that's uh, the Nets and the Bucks. I feel like those are the teams that are currently constructed that can beat Miami, uh, you know, in, in a seven game series, every other team, I feel like they have enough defensive, you know, matchups that they can kind of uh, capitalize on. They got their scoring with Jimmy who goes up from like a 85 to like a 95 in the playoffs. So he's going to give them buckets as well. So I feel very confident in them against any other team in a seven game series, except for those two, but as far as like the Nets, they got 15 games left. What do you think their record is going to be in these last 15 um, games? I mean, how many are at home and how many? Let me look sort of at their schedule. Yeah, let's look at their uh, schedule. A lot, like, I think they're going to play. I mean, they're going to try to get the best seed possible, I imagine. Yeah. Ben Simmons is going to come back at some point. And so that throws sort of a wrench because True. they're going to have to integrate him and we're going to just see how that has to fit. Like they got the Knicks next. That's most likely. That's a, a W. It's yeah. It's at home. I mean, it wouldn't matter if it was home or the road. Kyrie could play in that game because it's New York, but like yeah. Kevin Durant, the Knicks are playing better. Bless them. Like they, they finally figured out like, Hey, maybe we should give RJ Barrett the ball, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a decent amount of time and we can, we can win some games. Uh, like the, the Knicks are playing a little bit better, but like the, the Nets should be the Knicks um if ESPN would work correctly he hears bashing their talent and like oh, exactly gonna work now <laughs> they're like they're like uh they, these guys are talking about Stephen A we're not yeah. gonna allow them on here <laughs> their schedule's not too rough honestly so they got the Knicks the Magic Dallas Portland like they're going three and one in that stretch I would imagine yeah. uh even if they maybe they slip and lose a game, I, I three and one is probably that stretch. Utah, Memphis, Miami, Charlotte, Detroit, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Houston, New York, Cleveland, Indiana. It's not a terrible stretch. So fifteen games, I think like ten and five minimum. I, that was that exactly what I was thinking as well. Like I think they're 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 ten and five. They'll take a couple of losses here and there, but. Um, I can see them, yeah, finishing out with 44 wins for the season, being probably the seventh seed because, uh, you know, Toronto, I, yeah, Tor- regardless of if they finish seventh or eighth, I think they're beating Toronto. So, yeah, I think the Nets are going to be in a pretty good position. And if, if it ended today, they would be versing the Bucks in the first round. And my, oh my, would that be the must watch series of the first round? I, the East is, East is going to be so fun in the first round. I, I was telling my yeah. friend that if everyone's healthy, and I know that's a huge caveat because like everyone is not always healthy, especially this season. It seems like everybody's just got major injuries across the board. But like this is shaping up to be one of the best playoffs ever because a lot of times yeah. in the playoffs, it'll be like very top team heavy. It's like, okay, like let's just get out of the first round. The second round is when everything like really 
begins because you can differentiate. There's like one, two, three teams that have like just separated themselves from the pack and the, the first round just doesn't matter. We know they're just going to blow by these teams and it just doesn't matter. This season, like in both conferences, it's very possible. And you look at you look at even the West. It's possible if the Clippers get George and Kawhi back, like Ooh, that's yeah. gonna be a tough out for potentially Memphis or Golden State in the first round. So it, it's so like one through eight in both conferences are just gonna be very, very tough. I don't feel confident about any team going into any matchup where I'm like, yeah, hundred percent they're winning. Maybe the Suns, if they end up drawing like the Timberwolves. In the yeah. first round, like I'd feel very, pretty confident in the Suns winning that. But if, even if they if they don't have Chris Paul, like even that's sort of like ah, uh, I don't know, maybe it's up there. Yeah. yeah, like across the board though, like health is gonna play a big a big thing about it because you like if Draymond's not back, if uh, if Kawhi and, and PG are back. Um, who else is sort of missing? Like I assume Simmons is going to be yeah. playing, uh, but like Lowry has had some issues all season. Like they probably Somebody need him up. healthy. Chris Paul is, is obviously another big one. Like uh, Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. for the Nuggets. Like health is certainly going. And then if you want to throw the Lakers in there with Anthony Davis, like health is certainly going to be a, a factor in the playoffs. But if we have healthy rosters for the most part, man. This playoffs is going to be from the from game one, like from game yeah. one. I just have no idea. Might be a, even a, a very interesting like play in, especially with like the West yeah. with like Timberwolves, Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans. If the Lakers can get Anthony Davis back, we don't know. Like like I, I, that's why I am like I don't I don't, I'm not holding out hope for the Lakers to get out of the, the play in anymore. That's that's over and done with. But they kind of seem like they're firmly packed no matter how many games they're losing. We're still keeping in that nine seed. So you if they are able to get Anthony Davis back with a couple of games left of the regular season, get into some type of rhythm, it's like you got a whole new season ahead of you when the play-in starts. Like all you have to do is not lose in those first two games. And then you have a seven game series where you're going to be matched up against the Suns again where you were up to one when you did have a healthy Anthony Davis last season. So I, I wouldn't say it's out the realm of possibility that it could be a competitive series. I don't think we're going to beat the Suns, but it will be competitive. It <laughs> will be competitive if Anthony Davis can come back at some type of health. Memphis is a two seed. It does, you know, they're they're still new. Like I said, like I said before, I have belief in them. I think they're a dark horse in this Western Conference, but there's still a mystery on what they're gonna do in the playoffs. We know what John Morant's gonna do, but we don't know about the entire team. Warriors aren't healthy. Mavs and and Nuggets kind of are in that same space along with like the Utah Jazz. So yeah, the West and the East are going to be very fun games. I mean, I think the East is definitely going to have more than one lower seed that beats the top seed. That that's the one thing I will say right now, especially if the playoffs started today, I would take the Celtics over the Bulls. I'm sorry, but the Celtics are hot right now. I would take them over a, a Bulls team that kind of is coming down to earth. 
Um, you, you know, Cavs and and Sixers. I feel like the Cavs have the best team to match up defensively with Joel Embiid, with how many bigs that they have that they can throw out that man like that. He, of course, Joel Embiid is going to get his. He's going to get twenty and ten probably every game of that series. But when you have Jared Allen, who's a defensive beast, you got Mobley, you got a whole bunch of bigs you could throw at him. That's at least the different matchups where it's going to get him tired, either on the you know defensive end or the offensive end, where you you're going to have that space capitalized and then as far as like the top two seeds i feel like that those are the, like the only ones in the east that i'm confident i think that the heat and bucks regardless of well it depends on which one of those get the <laughs> nets uh <laughs> i think one of those teams are definitely going to get to the conference finals though i i would i would agree the nets are gonna they're gonna shake things up being an eighth seed or seventh seed with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, is you you don't you don't get many seven eight seeds with those guys who are playing at at this level. Simmons again question mark, but Durant no question mark with him. Yeah. And and they at least unlike uh, you know your team, like they at least kind of have like I, an identity of what they're going to do and and have some sort of cohesion yeah. out there. They're just it ain't much of that. Uh, when it comes to to the Lakers, and that's why that there's a huge difference of like, oh, the Lakers they don't really scare anybody, no, as a bottom seed. While the Nets, especially after last night, they scare a lot of teams. And the Nets played the Celtics very hard too. Uh, yeah. The the other night, like the Celtics needed they had like 50 from Tatum to to win that game. And the Lakers they're losing to Houston. They ain't scaring people. <laughs> we you losing to Houston. We losing to the Spurs, man. We ain't scaring nobody. We, everybody knows that even if we make it through the play in, we're getting bounced in the first round. It is what it is. I, I, I told y'all last week, I waved a white flag and I'm ready for the 2022, 2023 season to start. Uh anything else from the NBA? Are you are you coming around on Jokic? He, I mean, I know they lost last night to the Warriors because it was the third game in four nights. And for some reason, they put a nationally televised game on a back-to-back for the Nuggets. But don't do that, by the way. Like, we don't need national TV games on with teams coming off the back-to-back. Like, it doesn't make the product look as good. These guys are exhausted. Yeah. And again, third and four nights for the Nuggets. Like, they were, they just had nothing left in the tank. Great performance by the Warriors, but I wouldn't put too much stock into how the Nuggets kind of play. Because I don't think a lot of people, like, factor that in to this stuff no. unless it's explicitly told to them they're just gonna look at the box score and be like oh okay they lost they didn't seem good when you realize the human the the fatigue and the travel factor of all of this is like oh yeah you can understand why that game wasn't as good but joe kitch man that dude's a monster yeah, he, they, they've been killing it the last couple of games. I think they won uh, 9 out of 10 going into that, that last game. So I give him credit. He's, he's okay, I'll give, I'm going to say now, as of this date on this episode of FMC, I would get him up to, uh, yeah, sorry, guys. He's still at the floor. He's still four. Wow, what? He's still four. What? He's, but there is more of a gap between Jokic and DeRozan than it was last week. I, that's I not that. praise. I give you that. That that's improvement. No, Jokic no, is Jokic is one of the best players in the league. I've said this many of times. I just, as far as the MVP candidates right now, I'm not gonna give it to a six seed. I'm not gonna give somebody who's a six seed if he gets up into the top. What if they get the to West, fourth? They're only yeah. a game. They're they're two back of, of Utah of four in the loss column. If he gets the four, they got the same amount of wins. 
as, as the as the Sixers. By the way, they like do. I, the seeding <laughs> thing isn't as big of a deal to me. I'm looking at just like there's actually some like parity in the league now, and it's not just completely like oh yeah, again, it's not top heavy like like it has been. Like there's actual parity right now. They got the same amount of wins as the okay. Sixers. Okay, I'll get. I will move him on this episode of FSC. He is up to third. He is third in my MVPs. I got so, okay. Em- go ahead. Embiid. John Morant, Jokic, Giannis, DeRozan. All right. I I love Ja. I probably have him below. I, I think it's a bead Jokic, Giannis, and Ja. And that's no knock on Ja at all. But yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at. And Jokic is very quickly getting up there with Embiid yeah. because he's he's been playing great basketball. Yeah. I still think it's a beads to lose, and I don't think he will end up losing it. But man, Jokic is he's putting on a clinic right now. He's so much more, and this has nothing to do with voting. And, and I like Embiid overall. Man, him just getting to the line 30 times a game, it's become a drudge to watch. Yeah, it's, it is. Oh, what are we doing? Just, it's it's kind of becoming like the hack of a hack of a bead. Like he's yeah. getting to the line so much, and it, and then and he's playing with Harden. So if he's getting to the line like twice as many times as Harden, then you know there's an issue, and it really slows their games down a lot. Thankfully, he's a better foul shooter than Shaq ever was. So so at least he's able to uh, to get these uh, buckets from these free throws. But yeah, watching the games are not as exciting. I'd rather watch Jokic and the Nuggets because Jokic has more of a versatile game. He goes outside. He can hit threes. You know, he does a little bit more for his team than Embiid does. But I just feel like Embiid has been the dominant force. So he's my favorite to win the MVP. I don't mind anyone who says Jokic is second because I've moved him up to third. I just feel like John Morant deserves this praise and not enough people are talking about him in the MVP discussion. So I raise him higher because of that. Fair, fair. Um, let's go to, you didn't watch South Park this week. No. I'm not going to give a, a full on review. Uh, we'll talk more in depth about it next week when, when you, you've watched it. And then the, the previous episode or yes. whatever next week's episode is as well. I will say it is a, certainly a throwback episode to where they don't focus on like headlines and stuff like current relevant events which i i appreciate i enjoyed um they they could have and they they do make some jokes that are you, you see what they're you see what they're saying they could have really i thought when i first saw it, i was like oh this is where they're going with this they could have certainly gone that way they didn't i appreciated that it was a, a very much a throwback episode it focuses on the main four like it's yeah. them involved and stuff so if you if you like them you'll enjoy it I thought it was a good, just nice little, almost a wholesome episode of South Park, which is is weird to say, but I appreciate that it just wasn't hammering over the head with like, here's what's in the news today, and here's how we're going to make it satire and funny type of thing. I like this stuff where it's just the boys having sort of adventures and, and getting into some nonsense on their own and learning lessons and things like that. It might be light on sort of jokes, but I think as a, uh, a parent, you will appreciate it, so... I look forward to talking about it more with you next week. 
I'm looking forward to it. You're not the first person who told me like to get that wholesome feel or watching it. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to watching this episode and seeing, and they needed this after last week's kind of talking about back to the cold war and stuff. They needed kind of the change of pace this week. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It is more, it is certainly a very much uh, evergreen sort of episode, you know, like a lot of their episodes, especially recently it's like, if you watch this episode, I'm talking about like a, a past episode. If you watch one of the current event episodes, like five years from now, it's like it's it becomes nostalgia, right? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that point in time where this was happening. But if you don't understand, like if you weren't around for that time or whatever, it's just like I don't get any of these references type of True. thing. This is an episode that ten years from now, whatever, you can watch and it's like it is all still very relevant of like, oh, okay, this still applies to me today. They, yeah. You know, a, a, a person who's never seen an episode of South Park can just watch it and be like, oh, okay, this applies to me. Like, I get it. And again, 10 years from now, we'll be able to watch it. Like, and who might not know anything about anything, be like, oh, okay, I get it. I see what they're talking about here. I like the evergreen episodes of South Park that you can just watch. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not beating you over the head with like current event type of, type of things to where it might not age that well like a lot of that trump uh garrison stuff just didn't age all that well it was rough at the time and now looking back it's like oh fuck i can't largely because i didn't find those episodes to be super enjoyable it's like it's tough to watch that now it's like oh fuck i don't want to watch this and be reminded of this shit this is an episode that's gonna very evergreen that anybody can pick up and just watch it anytime like "Ah, i get it i understand it that's good though. They, they, like I said, they need more of those kind of change of pace type of episodes. I enjoy when they talk about current events, but also I don't need to be reminded of them so much. So yeah, and they do it very well because they are yeah. very current. It's just like, like you said, you don't need that thing every single week. Like you can just have these nice little evergreen, self-contained episodes to where I can throw this on and just five years from now and be like, ah, okay, like this is still it's even more relatable. It'll be more relatable to me five years from now. Exactly. I I like I like that stuff. So uh, I thought it was good, um, and might be might be a bit one note for for people, but I I think you'll enjoy it. I look forward to diving into it more next week. Uh, Entourage. We are are on episode three and episode four of season one. We have the talk show and then the date night. As um, sorry, I'm getting messages from from Sean. Uh, so we have. uh, we have uh, date night and, and talk show as the, the story progresses and no pull scenes on these two episodes. Nobody I, just, I know, right? Yeah. They, they heard us last <laughs> Yes. They heard, they heard us, uh, uh, you know, 18 years ago when, they, when this first came out that there was too many pull scenes in those first two episodes. I, I forgot how, like, the story really doesn't kick off in season one until like uh, I think like episode five or so, or in, at the end of uh, this episode of episode four, like the real story of the first season, which is like the next film that uh, that Vinny is going to do, really doesn't kick off in these first three episodes. So rewatching them was kind of like a nice change of pace. Uh, I remembered uh, Justine being the 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 Britney Spears meets Christina Aguilera yes. of this world of uh, Entourage. And I love how I love how the common theme with Entourage is anyone who is like a 90s star has some type of story or connection with drama. 
Wait, you 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 knew drama. You Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson's yeah. there hanging out with drama, and he's like, "Yeah, if your brother doesn't want to do it, then hit me up." And everything. The the Jimmy Kimmel with like he he dissed them, and uh, I that episode and Jimmy Kimmel and them coming to uh you know peace with that. I love when drama gets like a good moment and of course that yes. episode closes with like turtle being like yeah good night and drama taking taking a hit he's like great fucking night, night. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's nice when drama gets gets a feel-good moment absolutely like that yo dramas feel-good moments are the highs of this yeah. whole entire season like uh series honestly like i would like i like i told you i was re- watching the head before we started doing this rewatch and i got up to like season three and i'm just like yo anytime drama's happy i'm happy it doesn't matter that i've watched this before and like i still get that joy and that that feel that i got when i was first watching the episode i'm just like man i'm just happy for drama victory yes, yes. let's go drama <laughs> let's go and so yeah the kimmel the kimmel episode was fun for that and then you had the the juxtaposition where he starts off the episode of date night with the new girl with the muscle bound girl and then eventually yeah. Uh, she gets jealous and he has to break that off so i love how drama just really just always seems to move on when it's like a female involved he doesn't really take it that serious he just go like uh oh, let me just drink and forget about that <laughs> i think he like he wanted to like that girl and then yeah. Yeah, she got jealous and then she became very like bossy and calling yeah. him names and stuff and he's like oh well fuck that like i ain't, I ain't about that anymore um we we get we get the introduction of shauna vince's publicist yes. uh we we get her and we get uh mrs ari for the first time in episode four we get to see mrs ari so I, more, I love, more characters getting introduced i love we never learned her first name did we did we ever i don't remember i feel like at the end i feel like at some point yeah i feel like at some point we do learn her name and i i don't remember it so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it because again i don't remember it but she's just always mrs ari no matter oh yeah mrs ari mrs go whatever you want to call her but yes yeah they bring that brings out like a whole different side to ari which is very fun and they explore it more in latter seasons but i love the little moments that we got in ari in these two episodes especially um him and uh sarah silverman uh yeah him trying to poach her like and he's like she thinks he's trying to hit on her like i, I go to pilates with your with your wife he's like i'm not i'm not trying to hit on you i'm trying to i'm trying to sign you yeah, he's like, i'm not trying to fuck you i'm trying to represent you i love ari ari is always on the game and he's banned from the from the kimmel green room so he uses her to get in he's like i'm just, I'm just following her i'm just following her um i and then so samari armstrong she's ari's assistant and she starts to so eric is kind of fascinating in these episodes because we we hear about Kristen in the first two episodes we finally see Kristen, and he's going to break up and everything and now they're going to have uh they have makeup sex or they have breakup sex, breakup sex. but then Kristen finds out that eric is going on a date and she's not happy about it and eric's like you got to figure shit out like we had breakup sex. What do you want to do? And then Ari is at the date. And so she's uncomfortable. She leaves. And then at the end of date night, Ari's like, Hey, my sister's hot. I'm thinking about fucking her. And then Eric is just like, like she kind of hates you, but sure. Like, go for it. Yo, know, it's just like Ari's random thoughts are the best. But yes, yeah, it yes. is. 
the E, the E kind of uh, this kind of like sets the tone for E, where he always has some type of lady trouble. It seems like yeah. throughout this series, and you know, he we haven't met his like main love interest. We'll meet that in season two, but the whole Emily and Kristen, it was kind of just to establish that even though E is probably the one you would think doesn't get any girls he's the one that always seems to have the girl trouble so it's very interesting that they kind of set the tone with this whole story of this love triangle or not really a love triangle because we never really see Kristen and emily interact so i can't even say it's a real love triangle but it's just e kind of juggling with all the women of his life yeah and vince even even says like just slow it down. Just go out and fuck somebody. Like you, you don't need to like get tied to something and be on a date. Like you just broke up with Kristen and Eric's like, it's just, you know, it's the first date. Like there, there's nothing to it. And she's like, yeah, but it's a date. Like you are trying to establish something. Just go be free. And, and again, just have sex and don't, don't be tied to anything. But yes, Eric is very much like he wants to, he wants to be in love and he does have yeah. girl issues, but he, he wants somebody, he wants that partner. And Vince is just like, yeah, we see it at the end of episode four where Vince is just like, ah, oh, hanging out with the guys. And then some girl comes up and Vince is like, all right, see you guys later. And I can do this. Sarah Foster is in episode three and they have sex in the, 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 yes. the back room or whatever. And which is said on Jimmy Kimmel's show, which I don't know if that's ever happened in real life. And then we just never see her again. No, nope. yeah, <laughs> no. Apparently, he had some past with her, and he yeah. never called, and but she never called him, so they were kind of on the same page, and then just <laughs> smashing the green room. And when they're looking for uh Foster, then she's like, "Give me five minutes." <laughs> I was like, I love how this Vince is just just lollygagging, throwing his uh his manhood all around in slanging dick. Vince and Chase slanging his dick around. And it's like I'm a big movie star. Did did big doing movies with Jessica Alba, doing high action movies, and so whatever. I don't know how it is to be a movie star. I imagine a few of them are kind of like that. Bless them. Um, and then Turtle remains just kind of a hanger on. He, him calling the the male girl. Yeah. And then they only knew it was her when she doesn't wear any panties at yes. date night. And they're like, oh, we recognize that ass. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, I love it's E. E always has to be the one to be like, what are you drinking? Like, what yeah. is wrong with you? Turtle is just trying. Like, he realizes that Vince is a huge star and that Vince can get any of these girls, but he can't have all of these girls. Exactly. I mean, he's tried hard enough, maybe, but like, can't have all of them. And so, Turtle, it, I love when he, when Vince is like, just Justine is there and he's talking to her and everything. And, and Vince is just ignoring the, the fangirl. And when she walks out, and Turtle is just like, if Vince doesn't realize how special you are, and she's like, just save this bullshit. <laughs> like, I know what you're doing. Turtle's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, immediately shows her personality when she says, oh, is that Jason Bateman? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is great. This is just great. I'm going, taking me back on this trip. <laughs> Women not depicted in the best lights. No. Uh, just wanting to, you know, have sex with the, the stars and 
all this stuff. <laughs> it, it's not until season two that they have like eight an actual. Well, Shauna is a good like. Um, yeah, he's a boss. He's 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 one. From the moment you see her on the show, she comes off like a boss and everything. And it's not until like season two that they give us more female characters that are kind of depicted in the right light. And even Emily, for the most part, is depicted in the right light. So I'll yeah. give her credit too. Yeah, she she's really the first. Uh, Mrs. Ari in in her brief role, like you can tell she she wears the pants on that one. Yes. Uh, he's like, "There's a cab station right there." He's like, "She's just like the keys. What are we doing? You can take the damn cab." The the thing, I, love, I love Ari. Can you, can you drop me off? Yeah. <laughs> Ari has this like this obviously this air of confidence and where he's just like, "I can do anything, do whatever I want." But around Mrs. Ari, like she's calling all the shots on that shit. Like he, she ain't taking nothing. Shutting it down. I love yeah. it every single time. <laughs> uh, so we've got the the Sherpa and the script next week, and Busey. Oh man, Gary Busey. That is enough. this is that's my by far my favorite episode of season one. Is this Busey <laughs> on the beach for Gary Busey as well as one of Ari's uh first like famous rants. Uh, and so we're I'm gonna enjoy rewatching this one, and then uh, Sherpa has a special. A special uh appearance a special guest in it so yes. who who is the actual sherpa so they, it's two good episodes coming up um anything else sp3 i want to give you enough time to prep for the grassy dudes here no no i think we covered we covered everything i'm gonna watch uh this week south park uh probably t- tonight or uh, tomorrow so we could talk about that next week of course we'll have more nba to talk and of course we'll have more dad discussions that's that, that's that's the mo which you can expect from um, FMC. <laughs> i'm gonna have to delete the dad discussions because i'm very very concerned that ep is gonna be like you're not doing that and you're like okay all right, don't this worry. This get pulled immediately. I'm gonna be here for the dad discussions, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> don't worry. I'm just not gonna say anything anymore. Like, All right, I get it. Sorry, sorry, baby. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say... He's gonna turn into Ari Gold, and she's yeah. missing. <laughs> don't mean to say anything about the, about the kids. Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. The SV3 is my dad therapist. I don't mean to bring it up on air. Talk to him private. Sorry, baby. We'll talk to him private. We got yeah. you. We got you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I can't wait to see <laughs> Jeremy's tweets about him becoming Ari. Hundred <laughs> percent. I ain't tweeting nothing about this stuff. All right. Like I'm not putting any of it out there because I'm not trying to get in trouble. I'm no. very. I'm like deathly worried of like, oh man, I'm gonna be. It's like, nope, not saying nothing. Not mentioning anything. Nobody mentioned anything. Hope everybody has my back on this. Don't mention funny. anything. Anybody. It's funny. My 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 woman will actually be more likely to watch this than any of the other stuff. <laughs> she hates when I talk about wrestling all the time. She actually likes this show. She likes this show and Degrassi Dudes because she's like, you actually can talk about something that's not wrestling and you don't have to watch anything before you do it. This is perfect for me. I like this. <laughs> I'm just that's how I'm gonna present it to our pile driver. It's like it's like it's like dad therapy, and then like without going into any more detail, and just yeah. hope that she she accepts that that like oh we just have like discussions about like parenting and stuff, exactly. and you know sometimes we use real life situations to to get our parenting points across. All right, what do you want to do about that's this? All? That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah. As we three, let the people know where where they can find you at. 
Well, you'll find me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Of course, there also is the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Go over, subscribe over there. We got our flagship podcast tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time with special guest Stephanie Hypes. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a special announcement about a new show for True Hill Heat as well. And then in like 15 minutes, I'll be back here on Degrassi Dude. So you'll see this face a lot. There you go. Right here, Degrassi Dudes. On Fightful Overbooked with uh, SB3 and Steven Jensen. SB3 is everywhere. Show them some support. Everyone knows where, where I'm at. But keep, keep supporting Fightful Overbooked. We appreciate you guys. Love you guys. We will talk to you guys next week.